today on Geekdomine Powers. And I wrote blogs when I was younger. You know, I had the live journal thing that was big for elder millennials like myself. Um, what was it about? My my live journal? Yeah. Oh, it was just me complaining about teenager problems back in the day. Um, okay. Yeah, it's embarrassing, and I just hope that I deleted it at some point. <laughs> but People may journal- search for it now. What's that? People may search for it now. Oh, God, no. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hasson, and this is Geekdom Empowers. A 5A mission to explore the Geekverse, to find unhighlighted life and civilizations, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. <laughs> Actually, uh, Geekdom in Pals is the podcast in which I try to do a few things. One is to find geeks that have taken the geekdom, the geekiness, the geekitudeness, geekitude, is that... A word for geek attitude, the geekitude, and found a way to make something from it. Like today's guest, Matty Getty, the comic book Yeti. He is the one who created the comic book Yeti comic book review site. Geekdom in Pals is also here to highlight those who are not highlighted. Most of us in the Geekverse are not celebrities, but we are the ones who make the Geekverse tick. I'm going to use as many bad metaphors as I can in one minute we are <laughs> we are the geekverse after all and uh, we are all different we all have our own stories but together we are one big story one big quilt of colorful geekitude laid out across the world across <laughs> the planet the volcanoes the land the seas the ice Geekdom in Pals is also here to show us that the thing that makes us obsessive geeks, because if you like me, most of you are obsessive about something, about the thing you're geeky about, that can be a positive thing, because we are experts at this one or two things that we are geeking about. That is my soapbox. That is the purpose of Geekdom in Pals. And now let's talk to Matt Ligeti. Matt is the comic-loving geek who has found a way to create something big from his geekiness. Talking to him was absolute fun. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Let's listen. Hello, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. You know, I just got now that Matt Ligeti and Getty rhymes. Yeah. I just got that. Okay. Well, I took Matt Ligeti off of most... That most parts of the website and everything, just because I was like, I don't actually get a chance to write much anymore. It's my volunteer contributors who do most of that. So I didn't want the focus to still be on me. Mm-hmm. And so the comic book Yeti thing, um, without the rhyme, I was like, oh, are we going to lose equity here? And I was like, no, I feel like comic book Yeti is still like this fun brand. It just doesn't have the rhyme anymore. Sure. I- I would, I would have, and I will ask you about the origin of the name, but I'm guessing oh, sure. that's most of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it was mostly just like, I thought Yeti was a fun way to rhyme with Ligeti. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, the idea of like 
a Yeti who reads and reviews comic books is kind of just a fun mental image to me. And so I was like, yeah, sure, let's just go with that. And I kind yeah. of had the, the idea for the logo and I found a logo designer and he like he brought it to life pretty. Uh, Looks cool. Pretty well. So I was like, reading a comic book. Yeah, I love it. And using the negative space for the comic books. So yeah, yeah just kind of took off on its own. Nice. So here's the thing. Welcome to Geek the Mean Pals. Thank uh, you. I talk to people around the geek verse who usually, you know, 99% of us are not highlighted in any way. You know, we do kind of, we go the geek things all the way. And only, you know, the celebrities get highlighted. And But the huge quilt of people who are out there and doing stuff and the creators of doing fan stuff is, is huge. And I wanted to explore uh, all the different tiny tiny and big worlds around uh, the Geekverse. Uh, and, and also how, how Geekdom can empower you. So, uh, so what's your origins? Like, how did you start in comic books, in negative in-name books, in uh, like your geek origin story? Sure. Um, so I read comics as a kid. Um, I was part of the, the 90s X-Men craze where all, they had all the trading cards, the Pizza Hut comics, and and the TV show and read a lot of X-Men and Spider-Man then. Well, I say a lot. My dad would only buy me a comic book if I made it to a base playing baseball. And I was very bad at sports. So I got like five comic books. <laughs> but wow. uh, Well, how would I you choose back... which comic book to buy? Um, It was mostly just spider-man or the x-men and then it was did they have a special edition out at that time like the foil comics or the x-men uh comics with the hologram card on the front yeah. um and if there wasn't one of those i just looked at the most interesting cover at the time and was like yeah that one but in the 90s you had like at least three different spider-man a month like yeah sensational spider-man the uh I you had Web of Spider-Man, amazing. You had Adjectiveless Spider-Man. With X-Men, you had Adjectiveless and you had Uncanny. Um, and then there was like the blue and gold. And yeah, there were so many options. But uh, so nothing I had went together from a storyline standpoint. But it was just nice to get little bits and pieces um, through most of that. And I think I... The, the biggest chunks of everything I had was Maximum Carnage from Spider-Man mm. um, way back when. And I only missed a couple issues of that. So that must have been a really good year of, uh, of baseball for me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I spent the next several years not reading comics um, and then got back into it after college when um, a friend of mine, um, we had friends live in our building and he was like, well, you're here. Do you want to just borrow all of my X-Men comics? Wow. And so I got caught up on, on everything from um, Joss Whedon's Astonishing Run onward. Um, oh, okay. Which at that time was through the, uh, just to the middle, I want to say, of the Bendis era of X-Men. Um, and then I was hooked. I... I signed up for Marvel Unlimited. Um, at that time, I was also reading 
um, I paid for, for Humble Bundle. They had a bunch of image comics that they would um, offer. And so I was reading some Saga, some um, Wiccan Divine, uh, East of West. And so I was starting to get back into non-Big Two comics at that time also. Um, it ramped up especially with uh, Hoopla, the Hoopla app, which uh, lets you read library books and you borrow oh. comics, digital comics from the library. Oh. And my daughter was two at that time and she was obsessed with Moana and she's just watching Moana constantly. And so I'm reading comics on my phone just because I can't do anything else. If I tried to get up to, to clean or be productive, she would cry. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and read comics. But is it but not scary for two years old? To two year old all that yeah, stuff? my son, my three-year-old is still afraid of Moana, but she yeah. was obsessed with it. So I, um, you know, <clears throat> I tried, I, I was really excited about Invincible at that time. And I finished reading all of Invincible. And I tried talking to my wife about it and she was like, nope, nope, not interested. No, thank you. Politely declined conversation. And I was like, I have no one to talk to about this. I want to like, what if I just start a comics blog? And I had just finished reading um, Four Kids Walk Into a Bank also from mm -hmm. Matt Rosenberg and Tyler Boss. And so I was I was anxious and eager to, to have a platform to talk about comics. But um, I, I don't like putting myself in a position to for someone to tell me that my writing is bad. So I didn't want to audition for comic sites. So I was like, I'm just going to start my own where I can talk about comic books and talk about what I liked about them. I didn't feel like I had to be a scholar because I'm just like, I'm trying to appeal to people who don't normally read comics and just be like, Hey, this is what worked for me. This is what I noticed. Um, and I, my review format, I did it in such a way that was different from every other review format out there. We have bulleted points. We, we separate the sections so that people can kind of scan, get the information they need and move on. Well, uh, you're running super fast, super fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Very excited about it. Like there's a path there. Like you yeah. had a two-year-old, which means you're an adult in some way, like uh, at least 20, yep. uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, I think I was in my early 30s at that time. Okay, so I get your early 30s. That okay. So how did you spend? How was your geekdom uh, spent during your 20s? So that was mostly um, TV, um, teens, and 20s was video games, TV, and film, for the most part. And did you find like a few? geek friends through, I don't know, social networks, conventions, you know, stuff like that? You know, uh, I didn't go to a lot of conventions. Um, at the time, I didn't follow a lot of creators. And so um, I went to one convention and I it felt like paying admission to go to a shopping mall. So there wasn't, there wasn't a whole big draw for me without knowing the creators. And I walked in and it was like Funko Pops and like all of these back issues. And I was like, ah, I'm overwhelmed by people. 
and like stuff that I don't really need to purchase. I spent money on the tickets and now they want me to spend more. So I spent most of the time just in panels um, because that felt less overwhelming. Um, But yeah, before I got into comics, there wasn't, there weren't many experiences like cons or anything else. Like you, you talk with coworkers at the water cooler about, you know, Game of Thrones, for example, Mm -hmm. or other popular TV shows. Um, Movies are things that I feel like are more socially accepted or less stigmatized than comic books. So that's more of this mainstream thing that you can converse about. Uh, And then video games, it's mostly just like my friends online that I've been friends with for years and played Diablo 2 with like 20 25 years ago, however long it's been. And you're friendly. You look friendly. Like you, you <laughs> Thank you. Talk to. Uh, and, um, and like, did you have experience writing? Like, did you know you can write in a way that people uh, like? Or, uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I don't know if I'd be great at writing um comics or anything creative like no, that. I mean blogs but, like yeah if you you're going to write in the future you, at this point of time reviews and stuff and you want to yeah. know that yeah you know. I um so I went to the University of Missouri journalism school um so I studied journalism um and I wrote blogs when I was younger you know I had the live journal thing that was big for elder millennials like myself um what was it about my my live journal yeah Oh, it was just me complaining about teenager problems back in the day. (laughs) It was a lot of Bright Eyes lyrics and uh, Bright Eyes was this post-emo band from the late 90s, early aughts. Um, But yeah, it's embarrassing and I just hope that I deleted it at some point. (laughs) But People may search for it now. What's that? People may search for it now. Oh God, no. Please do not. I don't have enough. No, I'm. (laughs) But journalism school was interesting because when I went um, in the the mid aughts, it was this transformative period where they were like blogs are taking over traditional journalism, but also traditional journalism is becoming more extreme. And so you have a lot of these that are veering left or right, politically speaking. And it's less journalism for the sake of informing the public and more about getting clicks and mm-hmm. and followers and everything. And so they weren't quite sure what to teach us or to even tell us if we should go into journalism which scared me into going into advertising. So I, I write uh, for um, cat food and dog food right now. I've spent several years before that writing for beer brands. And what do you mean writing for? Like, like um, billboards, um, TV spots, radio, um, a lot of the, the cardboard things that hold the product in the stores, websites, um, banner ads, you name it, I've written it. Um, and so the, the thing that I learned with advertising is no one wants to read. 
and it's it's kind of a a funny thing like you you have this job writing but everyone tells you no one wants to read and it's like it's not entirely true but what i took from it is give people what they need and not much more than that so give me an example of what that means so for example uh you you're driving on the highway at 60 or probably more miles per hour uh and you pass a bill a billboard for beer and you could say hey this beer was brewed uh like cold pressed and all of these these different things but the person only has so much time and attention to devote to that sure. billboard before they pass it and they're busy looking they're, at their phone while they're driving yeah. right that's right and so you really just need to show something that is going to entice them and tell them like hey pull over at this next exit to get yourself a cold refreshing pack of Coors Light Mm -hmm. and that's all you need and so I took that into consideration for review writing and it's like okay well if I had to retool the traditional mindset of what uh, a review looks like with like 10 paragraphs about a comic book and do it with the the consumer the reader in mind how would that look different how would it look different like i know that was that would have been one of my next questions like i see you doing it differently how yeah. what's, what's the difference like first thing so, you don't spoil anything right yeah we we try to uh not spoil anything or if we do we'll we'll say spoiler alert but i was like okay i we have a couple hundred issues of comics that come out every single week on average. If you are the typical consumer who is just looking to get into comic books and maybe is like looking at reviews, do you really want to read 10 paragraphs of a single review for a single issue of a comic? And then you might want another opinion so you go to another website and another website you're not chances are you're not reading that whole review you're just skimming to maybe check out the score at the bottom of the review and maybe read the last paragraph to see how they summarize so and the thing is is a lot of review sites feel like they have to do it that way not only because it's tradition but because they want to keep the reader there to get more money from advertisers. Yeah. And nothing against my fellow critics, because we're all trying to find our niche and just do our thing. But I was like, well, what if we're not worry about, worried about advertisers? Like, what if this is just a fun hobby for all of us and we're not trying to make our living doing this? We're just wanting to talk about comics because it's a passion. How would mm -hmm. that change for us? And then if I looked at it like with my consumer eyes of like, what am I looking for with a review? Like what, what are the key points that I want to hit? It's what is this about? And then if you had to compare it to modern media to give me an idea of 
the kind of story this is, what would that be? What were the strong points? What were the not so strong points? And then overall, if you had to sum it all up for like why you should read this, what would that be? And then sometimes we add in, depending on uh, the creative team and everything, um, what do you read next? So it's like, if you like the writing, what should you check out next? If you like the art, what similar comic books have uh, a similar feel in the line art or the, the color? Because a lot of times I felt like I didn't know what I should read next uh, after I finished a comic book series. I was like, well, maybe I'll check out the creative team's other stuff or maybe I'll, you know, I'm in the mood for that clean line art that Jamie McKelvey has. So maybe I'll check out a Casper Wingard book. But I know that because I've seen a lot of comics out there, but your average reader might not know that. So we wanted to give them the opportunity to find their next comic a little bit easier. And then last, we have uh, a little bit about each creator because we felt like it was a nice way to humanize the creative team behind each comic book so that people might be like, oh, I recognize this person from this other comic book Yeti review. Because yeah. that's what really got me into reading more and more comics was seeking out creators I know that I liked. How do you do that? How do you personalize uh, the people in the team? So we, we do our research. We um, follow creators on social media. We look at their portfolios. Hmm. If we can sum up their uh, creative style, uh, we feel like that's a good way to talk about it. Um, sometimes we'll highlight people who don't live in America because we want to bring more attention to non-American creative teams. Um, and then if they often work with certain fellow creators, um, I just mentioned Jamie McKelvey, who worked a lot with Kieran Gillen, um, then we would note that also in the comic. So mm -hmm. some of it's social media, some of it's their portfolio or their website, and some of it is just any experience, uh, knowledge that we've gotten from experience reading them. Hmm. Okay. By the way, let me recommend to you one of uh, my guests. Uh, he is, speaking of non-American uh, comic book creators. Yeah. Uh, at the time we're talking, it's going to be posted tomorrow, but it'll oh, great. have been posted by the time this is uh, Junigba, J-U-N-I. Yes. You know oh, him? My God. His yeah. art is phenomenal. I, um, I read a teaser of a comic that he was making with Hassan Osman Elhau, and uh, who's usually uh, a letterer, but he was writing this one. And it was for uh, Unbound, um, which was this whole other story. And I think they're going to continue making it, but um, it was just so cool. There's, there's no art like Junie Ba's art. Yeah. And you should read his, uh, he has uh, a comic book series called Jelia. Yeah, from TKO. Yeah. It's, he, it's in my uh, two-read stack. I, I haven't had a lot of time to read. Mind. Oh, I'm so excited. It's Fantastic. amazing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw you just had Jay Fabre on here too. And I was yeah. like, I love the pale so much. Yeah, it's well written. And she does things 
Uh, one of the things I learned is she goes into web comics is usually boom, boom, boom. And she does yeah. a slow burn kind of thing. And it's uh, yeah. interesting. It's really well told. Yeah. Okay, so I derailed you. So yeah, I, yeah, you're fine. You did something uh, unique and you started. Yeah, I just wanted to do something different from other websites out there. Um, and, you know, it's funny because it started as just a way for me to talk about the comics that I was reading. And then we got more and more independent creators uh, sending me their comics. And uh, we really built our niche through that. I had no idea there were so many indie comics when I started mm-hmm. being made. And that's on top of those 200 issues that come out every month. Yeah, And as I started to cover more of them, I was like, these, some of these are just phenomenal, like the pale, but also like Jack Foster's gun comic, or, you know, it's, it's these comics that aren't mainstream, but you read them and you're like, God, why isn't this mainstream? So as, as that went on, I was like, I can't cover all of these comics. I was giving myself high blood pressure just trying to cover all of these in all my spare time, which being a dad, there's not much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've three and, kids. I've heard of uh, the snow ooh. time thing, yes. Yeah, as my daughter got older and got out of the Moana phase and at, after we had our son, there's just been like, well, I could work on this or I could sleep. And that's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, we brought on more team members, more volunteers. Um, and then, uh, you know, Krista, our, uh, our editorial, uh, director has helped tremendously. Wells came on, uh, as a writer. And then last year, um, started being our editor for reviews and he's a machine Look, give, uh, give me a timeline for this. Like, when did you, yeah. how, how long ago did you start the? Uh... So, gosh, must have started, what did I say, three and a half years ago. Okay. And how was it, like, let's go step by step. How was it? It was just you in the beginning, right? Yeah, it was just me. Um, build, like, how did people react? How did you get to build an audience? So, it was just me for about a year. And I went on, Twitter. Um, well, my wife built my website and, um, which was very helpful because I am all thumbs with that sort of thing. Um, and I just started writing and, you know, I went on Twitter and I put the, the reviews out there and I wasn't really expecting much. Um, but you, I was just doing it as a way to kind of talk about comics, but at the same time, I wanted an audience because it felt like I was just shouting into the void. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, I'm putting so much work into this. If I don't have any people to read it, then why am I bothering? So to build it up, I you know, followed creators and, and tweeted more and covered more comics. Um, Heather Antos does a Signal Boost Saturday, Signal Boost Sunday, every now and then. So I would say, hey, I review comics. If someone has a comic that they want me to review, send it my way. And a lot of indie creators just started sending me comics. And the more comics I reviewed, the more comics were sent my way. And 
you know, I, like I said, at the time I was trying to review everything and, you know, the first, like, I would say 200 reviews were all me. And that was a lot within like a year, year and a half. Um, and I just burnt myself out trying to cover everything. So after building up um, that audience and, you know, within that time, like Vault, I want to say was one of the first bigger publishers to send me review copies. And they, you know, they put that trust in me before any other publisher, which was amazing. Um, and watching them grow as a publisher has been a real pleasure too. Um, so yeah, they, with Vault sending us stuff, other publishers hopped on like SourcePoint Press, uh, Scout started sending us review copies and then it got bigger and bigger. Um, Krista came on to help manage uh, reviews and review some comics of their own, um, but they have their own website also. And then we had writers over the next year or so kind of drop in, drop out. It's it's all volunteer stuff and people get overwhelmed. You know, you you start something when you have a lot of time and then that doesn't last forever. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, that's how it goes until we can start paying journalists a living wage, which I certainly can't do right now. You know, that's just the, the name of the game. But um, so we, we actually went on hiatus for a big chunk of 2020 because of the pandemic. We had both mm -hmm. kids home and we were homeschooling them while working our day jobs. And that was yes. impossible. So, yeah, I remember Wells, our, our review editor, being like, wow, I just got laid off from my volunteer position. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we uh, brought on a whole bunch of people at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And I was surprised with how many stayed on. I just wanted to get things going again because it was killing me having all these comics that were just sitting there waiting to be reviewed. And um, so all these folks came on and I was like, holy cow, you guys, because to Krista and Wells, who are the, the editorial staff at that time, it's like, they're all really talented. We've got a really good team here. And so they've they've stayed on since then. We've had very few people ghosting. Um, Jimmy was one of those new review reviewers, and then he uh, got really into interviews. Uh, and we uh, asked him to be our uh, editor for interviews because he was so naturally good at them that uh, he uh, we wanted him to start helping us out managing those. Because I was just like, I, I don't have the time to do all of this for the site. So if we have someone managing reviews, interviews, and then Krista um, making sure all the wheels are turning and organized, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty good system here. And then some of those folks came on and started doing their own interview series. Like Byron on Saturdays has like a Twitter spaces thing. It's just really cool to see how much it's grown. And I'm... I'm trying to like zero in now on specific yeah. things. Like, uh, how did you get, how did you find the people who, who do that? 
So I'll just put a call out on Twitter uh, every now and then and be like, hey, we're looking for uh, reviewers, um, sometimes for a specific publisher, sometimes uh, just in general. Um, or, you know, we need interviewers. I saw that we were getting a lot of requests for interviews and we didn't have anyone to do the interviews. And then we brought on a bunch of people who volunteered to do interviews. So then I put a request out there for creators who wanted to be interviewed. And so it's almost like this arms mm. race of uh, creators with, you know, people wanting to be interviewed or wanting their comic books reviewed and then staffing up to get enough people to help us out. So okay. it's, it's tough because not everyone is right for the comic book Yeti format because our format's kind of strange yeah. as we discussed. So getting people trained to do that or trained to do interviews, um, it's, it's a volunteer position. So it's not like we have a whole lot of people knocking mm -hmm. down our door wanting to be paid nothing to spend a chunk of their time writing. Um, but, you know, it's been really phenomenal to see the comic book Yeti group or the little squatches as we call them uh, grow. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, little squatches. And how do you know if someone is like, in, when you take them, do you just test them out, go do this and see? Yeah, well, um, assign them a comic to review. Um, and, you know, most of the time we don't even ask what they're into because I think it's good to review comics that you wouldn't normally be comfortable with at first. Uh, I learned a lot about that when I was writing for Multiversity Comics and reviewing comics for them a few years back. Um, and so we give them the format, the comic book Yeti format, and say, put your review in this format. And then they, they write the review. And then Wells works with them to kind of zero in on the comic book Yeti voice, like how things should be, how the format works. So sometimes people don't get it right away. Most of the time they don't just because it's, it's a new way of writing. Um, so Wells has been just instrumental in training our new writers to get into that, to, to be able to write in the comic book Yeti format. Mm. Okay. And once you began with zero followers, like yep. your friends or family or something, and how did you feel the trend go up? The trend. So it's, um, I want to say it's like the more followers you have, the easier it, it is to get followers. It's kind of, it's funny how that works because, you know, you, I, I post a lot. I post probably too much. Um, and I'll just post random puns or random thoughts. Um, I'll ask questions. And the more people respond and retweet and like, the more the Twitter algorithm puts your tweet in other people's timelines, even if they don't follow you. Mm. So the more, I, I hate to use the word content because I don't view it as such, but the more you put out there, the more content you put out there. Good the, thing, content is an evil world. It is, yeah. it is. It gives no not, value to the thing you're doing. Exactly. I. I, I don't like it, um, and I'm not like, 
I'm not trying to build the brand. I'm not trying to make this a multi-million dollar corporation. You know, I just like, I want, if anything, to be able to pay my writers. But <laughs> beyond that, like, yeah, I just want to talk about comics. But yeah, so the more the more you put out there, the more your tweets end up in other people's timelines and the more people are talking to you and sending comics to you and following you because they want to, to see what you have to say. And that's what we're always trying to do is like, I don't want disposable content on my site. I want something that's going to be helpful. We have um, creator newsletter, uh, there are listicles, but it's meant to help. It's like, hey, these people have newsletters and here's why you should check them out. Um, we have a an article that's like, so you have a comic book and you want to get it reviewed. Here's what you need to do. And so that's the kind of content. I, I keep on using scare quotes for people listening in, but not watching. Um, that we're, we're about is something that's helpful. Even our reviews are meant to be more of like a reference for people. Even if they find the review years later, that's comic books. It's like you're still going to be able to get a lot of those comic books online or somewhere years later. Mm -hmm. And they're still good, even if they're not uh, from this past month. Hmm. Okay, I get it. And how did you, did you feel differences? Again, the more you do, the more, the more it goes up. Did you feel yeah. like sudden spikes and or just a steady, yeah. you know? There, I mean, there are always like ebbs and flows to it. And, you know, sometimes if we get really close to, oh, it's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes if we get really close to a big number, or like around the 500s or thousands mark, um, I'll say, oh, we're just a few away from whatever that number is. And then who can follow us? And then it's like, you'll get a spike around there. Or if you have a really big article um, that's really helpful, you'll get a bunch of new followers around there. And then every now and then some junk I post ends up <laughs> getting a lot of likes and retweets. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, 300 new followers just because I said uh, something about Ross Al Ghul, and it's Ross from Friends dressed up like uh, Ross Al Ghul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you never know what's going to hit. It's just like you, you just got to keep on putting stuff out there and and conversing with your followers and with people, and uh, it, it builds on itself. Interesting. Okay. Good, good to know. Um, and so have you, what kind of responses have you gotten from uh, the readers? So we've had several people um, say that they really like our review system because it's different from what they normally see. And it kind mm -hmm. of highlights things in a way that feels very natural and intuitive. Um, we... We have uh, a few thousand uh, unique clicks every month. Um, so I guess we're doing something right because people are, a, a good chunk of that are people coming back. Uh, and then a, an even bigger chunk are people visiting the first time. So even though we don't use a scoring system, I do think that 
our format works. Yeah. And now that we've started incorporating, I'm pretty sure this cat's trying to get me to feed him right now. Get out of here. Um, Does your cat know how to type? <laughs> Does he get on the keyboard and try to type that stuff? Reviews? He thinks he does. But yeah, it's, um, you know, we started incorporating interviews as uh, a new thing just this past year. And that's gotten more people interested too. So we're going to start trying to do more articles soon uh, as another way because to talk about comics, because reviews and interviews can only do so much. Sometimes you have a comic book that you're just so wowed by that you could say so much more. So yeah, hopefully that'll um, be useful to, to readers. Interesting. So you found, okay. So I think, well, it's it's but I want to just highlight the one thing you said, reviews are actually, they actually become evergreen because they're as helpful as possible to the yeah. uh, readers. Um, and so are the newsletters. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And so the newsletters, we start... Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, the, the article about the newsletters. The article about the newsletters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we'll update that if people stop their newsletter or you know change the link so that they remain useful for people even after we've written it. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so um, have you been using uh, advertising? The cat is trying to whisper something to you. That's correct. <laughs> he just whispered, feed me. I can't believe he climbed up on me like that. He's usually usually so shy. My cat wakes me up six times a, a night. Oh, my eat, gosh. To go out, to go back in, to eat to go out, to go back in. And wow. so it is against the Geneva Convention to wake up war prisoners six times a night. Seriously? My cat is a war criminal. I dreamed <laughs> once that he is uh, the first, he came with my wife. So uh, that first, like when I first met him, he used to, when I slept, he used to uh, bite my toes. Uh, when I slept, so I figured the sacrifices, I felt I had to do it. Lie down, you know, go to sleep with your toes always covered. Yep. Um, anyway, it turns out you just wanted to go out. Right. That's how I happened. sleep with the pillow over my face because my other cat tries to put his paw in my mouth to wake me oh, up. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Yep. And we know where those paws have been. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I dreamed once that my cat made me sign an NDA. So that I won't tell anyone how annoying he is. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. Anyway, so the NDA doesn't count with cats, so that's okay. So I can... I that's can. right. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Where were we? Um, uh, that completely lost me. So uh, um, do you use uh, advertisement? On, uh, oh, yeah. Um, you know, we... When I started, I tried some advertisements on Twitter and Facebook, and the the return on investment wasn't very high. Uh, we tried some Google AdWords um, or something, and that also didn't hit. Um, but trying to kind of guess what your search engine optimization terms are going to be, and then at least get a little bit of that in there, 
really helps. Um, and so like barbaric issue number one, for example, was the title of the barbaric review and just phrasing it like that, it ended up getting um, more hits. Cause I guess that's just what people were typing into Google. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and yeah. Do you, I think SEO is really helpful. Do you, I've noticed now I'm trying to ask questions about mon your monetization. Like, do you use ads at the website, other people's ads? No, um, I want to keep ads off of it. Um, partially because I just don't want to be beholden to ads to yeah. make money and then feel like we have to change things to keep readers on the website. Um, I also don't think ads would provide enough money to make that worthwhile versus how cluttered the website would be um, to, to make that money. Like it feels like a really long walk for a ham sandwich. So, ow! sorry, the cat just bit me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we don't do ads. Uh, we have a coffee account that we, um, ask people for donations every now and then. And a lot of our uh, fans and readers have uh, set up recurring donations, which is very helpful. Um, we are currently uh, having working on some articles from our writers uh, that we will release as part of a Patreon that we'll be launching in 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are that will be the uh, the bonus content, and we will give the money that that Patreon collects to our article writers. Interesting. Yeah, but the coffee just goes back into the um, comic book Yeti account to to run things. I don't, you know, skim any money off the top to sure. to pay for a Corvette or anything like that. No Corvettes for now. That's um, right for now. Uh, Nineteen dollars, you get five tweets a week, and uh, this. No. Oh, that, that's cannot, not us. That's not you. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm no, sure we. Uh, we so I I like to draw a line. Um, you know we're not here to advertise comics. Yeah. Um, we are here to talk about comics. Like we we will do the interviews. I am more than happy to signal boost um, creators who have a Kickstarter out there, who have a comic published. Um, and I, I'm not here to point any fingers ethic, ethically or anything, but uh, I'm just, I don't want to both review comics and market comics because yeah. I feel like there can be a grinding of gears as far as honesty goes when you're trying to do both of those things. So first of all, I'm sorry I messed up. I probably no. two similar websites or two websites at this, on the same day, and I got my uh, signals crossed. Yeah, uh, it 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 shows me that your dedication to that thing is very high. Also, five hour, five hours per post is a lot. When usually yeah. people just like, blah, 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 blah. that's it, 20, 30 minutes, let's edit it, see if it's okay, and get it out. Because most of the people who can write uh, can write 300, 400 words in like half an hour easily. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's less about 
like I said before, it's less about just putting out as much content as possible and more about the quality uh, of the reviews and the quality of the interviews and, and what we're putting out there. That's very interesting. So let's look into the future. Yeah. You know, you keep doing stuff. The more people you have, the more people come uh, to you. If it's a thousand now, it will be two thousand in a few months, uh, and it'll keep growing. And you keep doing your own thing. So, how, how do you imagine? What do you imagine this looks like? Uh, what you're going to do? Three years or ten years or twenty years? Or, you, know? you know, we have we have plans. We have things that we would like to do. Um, I would like to see how the articles and the Patreon do. Um, comic book journalism is tough uh, because, again, you don't know how long you can count on your contributors being able to help out when it comes to being volunteers. And honestly, with how crazy life is, you don't know how long you can do this. Like, um, the Valkyries just announced that they were closing down after years and i i feel like we started at about the same time you know i saw them in thought bubble they're they're dear friends of mine and it's it's both sad to see them shut down but also knowing how much stress and time this can be you're also a little bit happy for them because you're like good go live your lives <laughs> like do your thing um for us uh, beyond the the articles, I would love to bring on more people. I would love to cover more comics. Now we have Dark Horse and Oni Press and Lion Forge and and Boom sending us review copies, and I would love to review as much of them as possible. Um, I'd love to to pay our creators. I, I mean, eventually, I would love to pay them a living wage, but I would love to pay them something uh, before that, uh, if we can. I would love to extend the comic book Yeti format to film and television, to podcasts, especially audio dramas, which I love and have loved for years. Um, and to cover more of more media than just comic books. So explain to me the audio drama. Uh, do you want to create audio dramas or to review audio? Oh, just to review. I mean, I oh, would love I thought to... you were going to. I, I didn't understand how you moved from that to creating audio dramas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would love to create audio dramas too. I think it would be a lot of fun, but I have no, <laughs> very little writing talent or editing or sound design talent. But just reviewing um, audio dramas, film, television, um, a lot of that content mm -hmm. that kind of goes hand in hand with comic books. Sure. Okay, that's interesting. Um... I think it's, it would be very interesting to follow the path moving forward when you are clearly, you have a vision. You don't know where it leads, but you have, you know what you want and what you need and you're slowly growing, which is amazing. Yeah, we just got to over 5,000 followers on Twitter, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I have, I have things I would love to do if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's yeah. been just a really fun ride. And I've enjoyed every minute of it, even the stressful ones and the people that it's put me in touch with. 
um, both who I get to work with and the the creators I get to to talk to daily on Twitter. Um, going to Thought Bubble and meeting so many of them was one of the highlights of my entire life. So, yeah, it's what is Thought Bubble? So Thought Bubble is a convention. Uh, I want to say it was in Leeds for a long time, and now it's in Harrogate. Um, and it is a convention that seems more so than a lot of others to celebrate comic book creators. And it's like, I, I mean, I just went and it's like, there's Ram V, there's Kieran Gillen, there's like so many creators and you just get to hang out and talk with them and like dance on the dance floor with them. Like it was, it, it, it was heaven in a nutshell. It was heaven. Mm-hmm. Cool. Highly recommend that experience for every comic book fan. Before we go, anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? Um, let's see. We have comic book Yeti Apparel at Threadless. We uh, we have a newsletter that uh, we are starting to put out there. Um, but yeah, follow Comic Book Yeti at Comic Book Yeti on Twitter. Go to comicbookyeti.com. Uh, go there early and often um and yeah just come chat with us i i would love to chat um but yeah thank you so much for having me on the podcast this has been a real pleasure thank you for coming on and it it was a real pleasure for me to talk to you and to meet you and i'll just say that the way we the way i met you is exactly uh what you said about growing uh stuff you put out on twitter who wants uh, me on a podcast or something like that? And yeah. Then one of my guests, my first guest, Ken Moa, said, you know, uh, um, referred me to, to, to that tweet. And, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Well, <laughs> thank them for me. I will. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me on. This was great. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Matt Getty. That was a truly surprising approach, and I loved it. He is sticking to his own guns, and he's not doing stuff that, uh, you know, other people are doing just to get more money, to get more, uh, to be more popular, stuff like that. That is amazing. The easiest way to find him is at the Comic Book Yeti website, comicbookyeti.com, or on Twitter at, at comicbookyeti. And next time, because there is always a next time, we travel to a completely different sort of geek with a completely different story as we return to hear surprising stories about cosplay. So be with us for that. Geekdom Empowers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Email me for any reason, guy.hasson at geekdomempowers.com. Hasson is spelled H-A-S-S-O-N. The website is geekdomimpows.com. On Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, we're at geekdomimpows. YouTube coming soon. My name is, as I said, Guy Hasson. And if you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, uh, that is an experiment in epic fantasy, unlike anything you've ever seen. So feel free to check it out. The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have an empowered day.